Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. In today's podcast, I have a fascinating discussion about cellular medicine and autophagy and how we can actually influence our cells with our mind and with fantastic supplements like spermidine. Dr. Elizabeth Youth, MD, is the co-founder and chief medical officer of Boulder Longevity Institute, along with her 30 years as a practicing orthopedist specializing in sports and spine medicine. Dr. Youth has made it her mission to learn and share the latest scientific research on how to truly heal the body at the cellular level. So in today's podcast, we really have a fascinating and in-depth and important discussion about cellular medicine as the future of medicine, how the mind directly drives us right down to the cellular level about the cell renewal process called autophagy and how the mind and supplementation like spermidine can drive this and how important autophagy is for our mind and brain health for sleep for offsetting things like neurodegenerative diseases and increasing longevity and life quality so i'm excited about this podcast because we're going to hear about mind driving cells and also about how we can supplement cellular health using spermidine spermidine is an amazing supplement that stimulates autophagy as well as has many benefits for our bodies and minds but if you'd like to learn more about spermidine listen now and then please go visit spermidinelife.us for the latest science and spermidine products available from longevity labs and use the code leaf25 at checkout for the 25 percent off special offer the link and details will be in the show notes and now on to today's podcast Life can be hard and it's easy to feel stressed, anxious and out of control. What if there was a way to take back control? What if there was a practical way to detox your brain? This is now possible with NeuroCycle, the first ever scientifically tested brain detox app shown to help reduce an anxiety and depression by up to 81%. Users are guided through a variation of audio and video, brain exercises and mind management lessons every day. I'm excited to share some of the latest features in the app, including guides for children and parents, detailed feedback and recommendations, written guides through days 22 through 63 of the NeuroCycle, and an easy way to track your progress. There are over 500,000 NeuroCycle users worldwide, and the app has helped change thousands of lives, including people trying to find purpose in life, overcoming fear, better sleep, improved relationships, managing intrusive thoughts, depression and anxiety, and so much more. NeuroCycle is for everybody. No matter who you are, what you've been through, what you do, you have an incredible mind and brain that is always on and needs to be managed so that you can live your best both mentally and physically. This app is designed for individuals, couples, families, businesses or corporations, for everyone, everywhere. Join us by committing just a few minutes a day and see how your life is transformed. In just 63 days, you will have begun rewiring your brain for a happier and healthier life. Download the NeuroCycle app today and start changing your life one thought at a time. Just look for NeuroCycle on the iTunes App Store or Google Play or visit NeuroCycle.app. The link and more information will be in the show notes. Dr. Youth, such an honor and pleasure to meet you and I'm really excited to talk to you about something that's going to fascinate my listeners and viewers. We're going to be talking about spermidine and you are the expert, but before we dive into that, tell us a little bit about you and what you do and why you do what you do and thank you so much for joining me today. Well, first of all, Dr. Lee, thank you so much for having me. My background's interesting because you and I are going to come at this from sort of different places. I actually got my start in medicine and orthopedics. And so you kind of go, well, how does orthopedics relate to the things you do? And we'll kind of get to that because it's all probably going to relate to fixing the cell. But I got my start in orthopedics. I practiced orthopedic for 
30 years and still do actually do a lot of orthopedic regenerative medicine now. But about 17 years ago, I started to get a little frustrated with the fact that you know, people really never got better. They never healed. So I started to look into how do you actually heal people? How do you actually make people healthy? Probably the same workaround you got too from your training on the brain to, yeah. wow, it's not all just about serotonin, right? And so you kind of do these workarounds. And so 17 years ago, I went back and I said, surely there's a way to actually make people healthier and then their joints won't just fall apart. We won't just head everybody down the road to replacing a knee. And so I actually went back 17 years ago, kind of early on in this world of regenerative and health medicine and got training from the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine and Longevity or Regenerative Medicine. And then kind of a few years ago, sort of started to realize that hmm, maybe even functional medicine is kind of missing the boat a little bit. And let's look down a little deeper than just at organ systems and let's look at the cell. And I think that's where you and I are going to overlap a lot, is that everything's going to come down to a cellular level, whether it be your messed up knee or your messed up brain. It's going to come down to kind of fixing things at a very cellular level. And that's what I think. And that's where I think this, this amazing molecule we're going to talk about, spermidine, is going to come into place. Because if you're fixing things at a cellular level, you're going to help your brain, you're going to help your joints, you're going to help your heart, you're going to help your, help your liver. So that's kind of my, you know, where, where my practice got to start. Now I'm full-time at a clinic called Border Longevity Institute, where we sort of focus on what's called cellular medicine. We help people heal at a really base level. I love it. That's what fascinates me. And you've done the most incredible work. So I just want to honor the work that you've done all these years. And I love that you've come full circle to see, to look at the holistic patient and to look right down to the level of the cell. And yes, we're talking the same language because everything in our mind is affecting us right down to the cellular level. And we've got so much ability to influence the how we how we function on a cellular level. You don't address it at that basic level and it can address the connection to the mind. I always talk about how the mind is influencing us right down to the cellular level. It's one of my main statements. Exactly. So when I was reading about you and listening to your podcast, some of your interviews, I thought this is someone who's talking my language. I just absolutely love what you do. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. So I, like I said, I think that unless we start focusing on you know, you and I working together, you, how do I fix the brain, me on how do I fix the body and the joints? And unless people start looking at this all as one unified field, we're probably not going to make much headway in this longevity health span realm that you and I are both working towards. I can't agree with you more. You know, there's such a bioreductionistic model in medicine, as we know, and in psychiatry, it's just a disaster. I mean, it's just right. like looking at your brain makes you do everything. Meanwhile, <laughs> It's your, what are you doing with your mind that's actually driving the cellular level that's then the output? And you, you also mentioned about how people don't recognize that if you've got a, a sore joint or something, your brain is involved and your mind's involved. But these, I don't know if you're familiar with from years ago, the work of Dr. Sarno. Is yeah, John Sarno, sure. Okay. So, I mean, he really was quite revolutionary back in, what, 30, 40 years ago in the right. We're talking about how if someone's got, I've got a mosquito in my studio here. <laughs> talking about back pain, we've got to talk about what are we doing with our mind? What are we doing with our lifestyle decisions, which affects us right down to the cellular level? So I'm so pleased to, I always love talking to doctors like yourself that have really got into the, the nuts and bolts of how to bring holistic medicine to practice. Now, you said something very interesting in your introduction. You said even functional medicine, which has been touted as the, you know, it's fantastic, but you said even that's missing something. And would you mind just quickly emphasizing that? Because I, I can't agree more. Because I still think what's happened now, functional medicine doctors have all said, oh, okay, you know, everybody needs hormones, you know, for this or that. And 
it, it still comes back down. We actually started a group. It was kind of founded by Dr. William Seeds, who, you know, in looking down a little deeper, okay, yes, your liver is important. And, you know, so we took general medicine, which took a disease focus. Yeah. And then functional medicine said, well, that's the wrong approach. Let's take an organ system focus. Well, that might not be the right approach either. We probably have to go down to the cell and maybe even the mitochondria, right? Love to it. actually say what is affecting every one of those things. My ovaries and my heart and my liver all of it, and my brain are all affected by the same type of cell. And when the cell becomes dysfunctional at any level, it's going to affect every one of those. So we had to, we took it down a notch even further and actually started an organization that's, that's now doing fellowships in what's called cellular medicine. So we took it down from functional medicine to cellular medicine. And I think, you know, hopefully there's not a deeper level than that there might be. But I think that we're finding a lot of answers to questions that you can now work on a very small little thing and repair a lot of pieces. So, you know, so when we come down to your right, that your mind changes your cell, your cell changes your mind. You've got to repair the cell. And that's what we're, I think we, we need to focus on a little bit today and, and educate everybody out there, you're, you know, all of your listeners that unless you sort of fix things at a very, very, very narrow level. And that, this, for me, this was a static. I had to go back and relearn biochemistry. <laughs> Those pathways, remember your Krebs cycle, all the yes. things you were, you're like, oh, I remember that long enough to write it down on a test and then I was done with it. Well, now I had to go back and learn all those pathways plus, you know, a thousand more that yeah. have been discovered since I left medical school many years ago. So what, once we go back to this pathway level and we see what goes wrong at the pathway level, you can begin to understand what starts off every one of these diseases, be it depression, be it anxiety, be it cancer. I love that. I think it's vital. You talk about the mitochondria. You know, one of the things that my listeners hear a lot of, and that's why I'm so happy you're going to dive into the cell, is I tell them how, you know, we've got somewhere between, who knows, 37 to 100 trillion cells in our brain and our body. And every time we, like right now, people are listening, people are building memories of our conversation. And it changes every cell in our body. So it doesn't right. the mind changes, the brain changes, and every single cell of your body is changing in response. So if we don't look down to the cellular level, we're going to miss miss stuff. And I've been doing by some of the clinical trials I do is with telomeres and things. And so, you know, you we we have to recognize that that the link. So let me hand over to you. You're an absolute expert, and there's a and there's hope for people because you've also you've also worked with spermidine, which is a phenomenal product that I'm going to let you explain way better than what I could. So you can take this, Dr. Yurth, wherever you do, because however you explain it is brilliant. I love listening to you. So it's it's interesting. So I kind of, I actually don't even work for the company. I just love the product and I've done some some ongoing kind of consulting with them. But yeah, sorry. I didn't, thank you for clearing that up. But you know about the product and we're going to speak about about that. Yeah. I, and and so I actually learned about spermidine years ago and it actually hadn't made it to the U.S. yet. It was big in Europe and hadn't really made it to the U.S. And I was like trying to get it here because I was really learning about all the amazing things it could do in terms of repairing the cell. And then finally connected, you know, and and, and they, they brought it to the U.S. and kind of have been a fan ever since. But it's it's funny because there was a lot of debate when it came to the U.S. whether it changed the name. Because spermidine sort of, you know, for, for all of us, it's like, sperm, what? You know, I'm going to take something that's, you know, I, I just saw some. Vogue magazine article actually, where some actress was using. They said, you know, uh, you know, this actress is using some sperm on her face, which yes, you know, um, isn't really the case. But it got its name because it was first discovered by von Leeuwenhoek, who discovered the microscope. And so I always tease that if a woman would have discovered the microscope, we never would have found spermidine because, of course, the first thing a guy did when he discovered this microscope was he took his new toy and he looked at his semen, <laughs> and he saw all these little crystallized substance. 
And, you know, like, what's that? It turned out to be spermidine. So it was really, it's rampant in things like semen and breath milk. Yeah. So you know anything that's really a lot in semen and breath milk, those are two things that have to keep cells alive, is probably really important to our overall health. Yeah, that yeah. was the first discovery. So many, many, many years ago in like 1678, it was when they first saw it, but didn't really recognize it's important really in, 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 until much later. So it's really, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little protein, it's a polyamine, it's, you know, and it, it's basically, it, it occurs in our bodies naturally. So it's in a large content in our ribosomes, which are our little structures in our cells that make proteins. So they, they read out your RNAs, your messenger RNAs, and they make proteins. So it occurs in very high amounts there. It's, it's also found in our diet. So we can eat foods that are rich in spermidine, such as wheat germ, soybeans, peas. Some of those smelly cheeses have a lot of broccoli. A lot of places you can get it from your diet. In fact, one of the, the thoughts is that one of the reasons the Mediterranean diet is so, so good for us is because it has very high amounts of spermidine. But the problem is that most of us don't get enough in our diet. And as we age, we don't have as much of it in our bodies. So as we start to see lo- lower and lower levels of spermidine in people's bodies, we see that equates to more poor health. So, mm. so we know that people have higher levels of spermidine, have better health, have better longevity. People who eat more foods containing spermidine have better health and longevity. So it really became kind of, you know, sort of brought to the forefront by some work by Dr. Frank Medeo. And he first in, you know, really looked at it in 2019 in some studies that really showed how much it would benefit longevity. So really 2019 is when it kind of became really prominent as a molecule that we could look at. If we take this molecule, can we actually delay aging? Can we help health? And since then, numerous, if you Google spermidine in almost any disease, you can find all a study, you know, correlating to it, even depression. So we can get into that, but even some study actually ongoing right now with spermidine and depression. So that's supposed to be completed in December. The whole health and fitness world is talking about glucose these days, and for good reason. Poor glucose control is tied to weight gain, fatigue, sexual dysfunction, diabetes, Alzheimer's, heart disease, stroke, and more. But how can we check our glucose so we can find out how our lifestyle affects our health? This is where Levels comes in. Levels helps you see how food affects your health by giving you real-time feedback on your diet using a continuous glucose monitor. My husband and I have been using Levels for a few months now and it has made a significant difference in the way we track glucose data as it relates to our unique diet and fitness needs. For example, I noticed that my daily oatmeal spikes my blood sugar and that adding pumpkin seeds and protein powder helps me enjoy it with less of a spike and no post-breakfast energy crash. I have also learned that my metabolism doesn't respond well to certain tree nuts, which makes me feel sluggish. So I've cut those out of my diet and feel so much better. My husband, on the other hand, responds well to tree nuts and seeds and has started adding them to his breakfast bowls every morning to improve his own glucose control. Every day we are learning more about our unique physical needs with levels. If you want to better understand how food affects your health and try a continuous glucose monitor yourself, go to levels.link forward slash Dr. Caroline Leaf to learn more. The link and details will be in the show notes. 
sorry to interrupt you, that would make sense because depression is not a disease per se, but depression is a response to life circumstances. Like our mind is, our mind experiences life, puts it into our brain and our body. We're going to get the impact of life and we're going to see changes in ourselves and we're going to see changes in, in the, the, the autophagy process and the, everything that the spermidine does in the way our body responds as a result of, not as the cause. So what right. I love about, love about what you're talking about is that we don't have to now, I just want people to just, my listeners to realize we're not saying that there's another cause of depression. This is another impact of depression. So if we realize that we can then support as we, as people are healing from whatever caused the depression, there are other things you can do to support that process on a cellular level, which is amazing. I just want to clarify that. Once exactly. So, so and let's, let's talk a little bit more about that because you kind of threw out that word, that uh, autophagy word, which, yeah. you know, I'm not sure how familiar your listeners are with that, but when you look at these stress responses, so as you talk about these stress responses, one of the things we know that happens when the body is under stress is we actually, we, we make more inflammatory molecules, right? So when we're, when we're put under stress, that actually raises, so just by putting a mouse or you in a stressful situation, if I measure things like bad inflammatory proteins, like interleukin-6 and interleukin-1-beta and something called tumor necrosis factor alpha. These are inflammatory proteins. They're, they link to a lot of diseases. So if I put you in a stressful situation, I will see those go up. So your reaction has now increased inflammation in your body. Mm-hmm. That's where you know, a lot of the things you teach, well, how do I react differently? How do I you know, focus differently so I don't get that inflammatory response? Exactly. But in general, that inflammatory response occurs to most of us when we're put in stressful situations, be it emotional or physical. Right. So if I if I if I put you in a physical stressful state, then I will I will create these inflammatory markers. Way we one of the ways our bodies respond to that once we get this high inflammation is to increase autophagy. Mm. Autophagy is the body's response to get rid of damage. So think about autophagy, which means self-eating, autophagy, self-eating. Mm-hmm. So my cell gets damaged, so it has a lot of damage to it. So I have this bad event, something happens. My body has a stress response. I produce all of this inflammatory processes. My body has to get rid of some of the damaged cells that that created. So in the best case world, those cells that were damaged die off. They kill themselves off. They go away. The parts, the good parts are recycled. And my cells stay nice and healthy. And I go on and I get better and I heal. But if I don't have that process, I don't have normal autophagy, because of age or because there's too much stress or because I have other underlying processes going on or I'm just reacting horribly poorly to my stress. And I, I get what's called dysfunctional autophagy, mm. which happens most of us we age anyway. So those bad cells now don't kill themselves off. We actually like to call them zombie cells mm-hmm. because those damaged cells now spew out all these proteins mm-hmm. that actually damage the cells around us. Now you have this propagating event. In the brain, that occurs in neurons. So if I have these neurons that have, have been traumatized, create all this inflammation, and I can't get rid of the damage, that damage actually propagates. And it feeds and feeds and feeds until you get depression, anxiety. But yes. keep going from there. Why is there a link to depression, anxiety, and dementias? Right? Yeah, exactly. It's because that ongoing inflammatory process, if I can't get rid of it, is going to continue to propagate. Mm. So. If we can improve autophagy, then we can hopefully help deal 
with these this damaged cells, get rid of all this damage, and our bodies go on and heal much more appropriately. Brilliant. So think about autophagy as one of the protective mechanisms that we have to deal with damage. You know, what you're saying makes me so excited, Dr. Yus, because I talk a lot about mind management, and you've just described that process. If we don't manage our stress, if we don't manage our minds, this process that's supposed to work for us starts to work against us. That's pretty exactly right. I mean, that's exactly right. There needs to be a reaction to threat, right? We we, we have no reaction. It's like you need to have a little inflammation. You need to have a reaction to a wound to heal, to a virus to heal, to an emotional trauma to heal. If you don't have a reaction to it, that's not good. But a reaction that propagates and doesn't end goes on to develop all those things that you and I are familiar with, right? In a joint, it goes on to develop arthritis. In a brain, it goes on to develop depression and dementias and other cognitive decline. Mm -hmm. So what we can do is actually focus a little bit on how do we all improve autophagy? Because in the longevity world, we've linked dysfunctional autophagy to almost every disease. That's incredible. And this is really established research. I just want to stress for my listeners. Yeah, this is all very established research. You know, this is a big piece is that we have to control autophagy to delay aging. But that's very linked to to diseases, even depression, now have been linked. In fact, I know you're not a big fan of antidepressants. Neither am I. But the way antidepressants have been touted to work on neurotransmitters has been pretty much disproven, right? The neurotransmitter theory of depression is not right. But yeah. Do antidepressants sometimes help? They do. One of the reasons is because some of the antidepressants actually are very good autophagy-inducing agents. Not quite as good as spermidine, but they actually, one of the ways it's been proposed that maybe they have some benefits is that a couple things like Prozac actually have some autophagy-inducing benefits. So there may be a play that one of the reasons antidepressants have been helpful is because in some people, not everybody, that is that they have an effect on autophagy. But is there safer and better ways of doing that? Yes. And I'm so glad you mentioned that safer and better ways because just for some of those that think, okay, well, therefore I can go and you know, I'm going to be okay. What the research is showing long term, there's a boomerang effect. So there may right. be initial initial good change in terms of you know autophagy, but it's not. It has a boomerang effect. It kind of gets distorted very quickly. So people need to be aware of that. So you offering you telling us about an alternative that's healthier and also in the way it's doing it. So in doing yes. autophagy, right? So there's, a, there's a fine line between autophagy and then too much autophagy. If I start killing off too many things, that's a bad thing, right? Exactly. So the focus always wants to be to do things at a level in a way that our body is used to doing them. So things like like fasting. So fasting is the cheapest, easiest way to induce autophagy. We know that short-term fast put our body under stress. When our body's under a little stress, it upregulates autophagy, and we get rid of damage. So there's even been a couple of studies that have linked short-term fasting to helping in some early depression cases. Now, long-term fasting, probably not so much. So in some of your people who are doing longer fasts, that might not be a great thing because that now may actually be too much. So there's a balance there. So whenever I'm practicing my type of medicine, cellular medicine, I'm going to go back down and try and make the cell work the way the cell is supposed to work. Not throwing things in at the top of the line, but going back to the cellular level. So if we look at something like spermidine, spermidine's working actually on sort of a, a very base process to actually help with depression and to help with autophagy. So it's actually working. And again, that's why it's in existence in, in semen, in breast milk, in foods that are healthy. It's because they're really helping to just keep autophagy at the perfect, not too much, 
not too little level so that my body can adapt to stress, get rid of damage, and hopefully prevent all these ongoing diseases. So it's actually working. I'm not, I won't get te- technical about it, but it inhibits something called acetyltransferase. It's one of the sort of molecules that is a negative regulator of autophagy. So it's, it's actually working on this very, this, this almost genetic basis to actually help. That's so fantastic, yeah. that's why you, know, you, you got to love something that's working the way our body meant it to work. Yeah, that's right? so amazing. Yeah, you, carry on. You explained this so well. I love it. So one of the, the questions I guess is, what is too much autophagy? What is too little autophagy, right? We don't really have the answer to that. And it's one of the, the, the sort of big questions in longevity medicine is, you know, where is fasting too much? Where is the right amount of fasting? Where is yeah. dosing? You, you interestingly can't probably take too much spermidine. Your body will not, you know, now have too much autophagy by taking too much spermidine. Because of where it's working, it's very self-regulatory. Mm-hmm. So, so probably there's not a dose that's too much. There's probably a dose that's a baseline maintenance, nice dose that will just kind of keep us healthier. That's probably about 1.2 milligrams or, you know, one and a half milligrams is probably a dose that's just a baseline. But what I do with spermidine, a lot of my patients, like, let's say I pick one of your, you know, your clients who has more a, a, a disease process already going on, like a depression, or in my case, my patients who already have arthritis, they, I may have to hit them a little hard initially. So you can actually use a higher dose of this product or go up to like a six milligram dose, kind of a professional dose that you can do for like a 30 day period. Mm-hmm. Right. And I always tell people it's like cleaning my house. If you, you, you and I are cleaning our houses all the time, right? You're accumulating trash every week. You take out the trash, you clean your house and overall the house stays nice. But if I went to a hoarder's house, could I just go in there and take out the trash and everything would be fine? Mm-mm. No. So if we take people who already have some ongoing disease process, we probably have to do a big clean out. Mm-hmm. What I'll do is hit those people a little harder early on. And even in my own life, what I do with, with, with spermidine is I'll quarterly do a big dose. So, you know, again, it's like my closet. As, as good as I am at trying to keep it clean, it gets filled with clothes. Yeah. So, you know, unless quarterly you clean out the closet, it's still going to be a mess. And so, so one of the things I really advocate is periodically doing a big clean house. So getting rid of all those damaged cells. So quarterly, you do a big clean house, and then you do a nice baseline, taking out the trash every week by doing a smaller dose weekly. So if you think of spermidine as you're sort of, you know, taking out the trash, if you have to take out a lot of trash, you got to use a bigger dose. You know, I think it's a really simplistic way of understanding autophagy is sort of, you know, we all understand the, the mentality of cleaning our house up and the same things true in our bodies. And that makes a lot of sense. That's a great analogy for people to understand the concept. If you, so, so again, how does that link to this depression anxiety? So this is a study actually that's going to be completed in December of this year out of Vaughn University that they were looking at. So they, they, you know, they went back to the autophagy, dysregulated autophagy. And this is from some old mice studies you're probably familiar with, where when mice are, are stressed, they actually have, you know, they, they very much upregulate autophagy. And if you breed a mouse where it can't get this kill off of bad cells, they actually get very, very stressed and they actually get into this very panic state and they actually die. They can't do anything. They can't do the raises. They can't eat. They can't. They're dysfunctional. So it's kind of that end stage of depression, right, where people are just laid in bed and can't do anything. So basically, based on that premise, they thought, well, spermidine should be a really good molecule. And indeed, it looks, and data should be published in December, I think, or shortly thereafter, it looks like this is going to be a very viable option as kind of a thing that we could use in helping treat 
depression and anxiety symptoms. That's a really natural, easy thing to do. Now, if you get it from food, can you get enough of it? The hard thing about our food sources in, is that a lot of our food is not really enriched in good nutrients anymore. So I think, you know, and, and I, I know I've listened to a lot of your podcasts, I, you know, you, you can't get by with just food alone. I think you you, you need usually to, to supplement with some nutrients as well. I know you talk about B vitamins and things like that, and, you know, so you need to supplement with nutrients as well. I think this is a nutrient that in general, most people need to supplement with. That's so interesting because I know that in one of your podcasts that I listened to you being interviewed, when you were interviewed, you mentioned that this is, I think you said the word, this is, it's sometimes we get worried about a cure or snake oil kind of concept. Right. People, people might, I, you remember saying, so I think it was with Dave, it might have been with Dave Asprey's interview. And I thought that was a great thing because there are so many supplements and things out there. There are so many things that we need to, to take. So I know that, that people, and I'm saying this because I know that these are what, this is what my listeners are going to be thinking. Okay. So where does this fit in the regimen of what we should be taking? What is the priority list in terms of, you know, what we should be doing and what we should be taking? Does that question make sense? It does. And I think it's probably one of the hardest things, right? <laughs> because when you look at, you know, wow, that's really good for me. That's really good for me. And I have this all the time. I have literally people who are working with a functional medicine doctor or, you know, a chiropractor or somebody who is literally the list of supplements they take is three pages long. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, I have no idea how they do it. It would make me completely anxious to do that. So maybe yeah. I need more sperm. Yeah, I don't know. But, you know, but, we can't take everything that's good for us. So it comes down to you know a few base things. Should this should spermidine be in one of your base things? In my mind, so what I look for is supplements that again that are going back to the cell level, right? So the things that the by the have the biggest bang for the buck are things that are working on the cell. So is is spermidine one of those things? Yeah, it's actually helping with autophagy, but as other really it helps with making new mitochondria. Remember, mitochondria are the powerhouses of your cell that will give you energy to make ATP. That's your money. So, spermidine actually improves what we call mitochondrial biogenesis that helps us make new mitochondria. That's it. it also is really protective to our immune system. So, that's another place, right? When we look at the brain, we know that the immune system is a big player there. Huge. So, inflammation causes our immune system to stir up again. Can't, if you can't normalize that reaction, then you go on to develop problems. We're seeing this, and you've probably seen a huge number of these people, right? The post-COVID people, the post-COVID brain fog and depression is huge. So why? Why, did, why is COVID causing all these people to have long-term depression and brain fog? I'm seeing a slew of them, you know, huge number. Well, number one, one of the things viruses do is shut off autophagy. They don't want they, they 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 don't want cell death, right? That's not good for a virus. They want to grow. They want That's everything cells. to keep expanding. So one of the first things viruses do, and COVID in particular is really good, is it shuts off autophagy. So you measure autophagy markers when people are infected with COVID, shuts down autophagy. Wow. So now I've shut off autophagy. What is COVID also doing? Increasing all these inflammatory cytokines, these inflammatory proteins to try, and my body's trying to react to the COVID. Mm-hmm. In particular. So it's now stirred up this big immune dysfunctional response that my immune system can't recover from. So one of the other things Bermudian is doing besides helping that autophagy is it's helping the T cell, your yeah. soldiers, to fight against the infection to function better. So it's going to help that immune system to recover as well, which is going to be a big part to the brain recovery is getting the immune system healthy again. 
I am so pleased that you brought that up because one of the ways, and I'm sure you've seen these studies too, of people understand, the, you know, this viral response and the way you explained what the COVID virus does in terms of stopping the, or basically suppressing, autoph- autoph- I can even say that word, autophagy, is also when we have a toxic, if something toxic happens to us in our life, like a trauma or whatever level, I mean, COVID was filled with that, that, that builds into the brain, the brain's neuroplastic. So that's, so I always tell people that we understand that a virus gets in our brain, but do we recognize that a thought? which actually is built with, of memories and represents an experience. And if it's toxic, it's as physical as that, for example, COVID virus. So but we, people don't put two and two together. And if you, if you, that's something I stress so much in my work is that you have to look at your toxic experiences in the same way as something that's physically invaded. They're as physical as each other because it builds into your brain. So that response that you're getting to the COVID virus, you're going to get that to that toxic experience. And the more toxic it is, the more traumatic it is, the more the autophagy is suppressed. So the more the inflammation increases and the whole hyperimmune response. And so that's what we see with so much with people that have gone through trauma. We see the brain fog. We see such similar types of 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 manifestations or results call the effects of those that are very similar to biological but they're two two different sources one is very physical one is as it's energetically physical because an experience is also a physical thing but it's on an energy level versus the virus which is more you know it's, it's more tangible and so that but the two create that same response i'm so glad you spoke about that so yeah i think that's so incredibly interesting too right you know yeah, that that simply a thought or an experience can have the same you can measure biomarkers yeah it's like interleukin six in somebody who's going through a very bad experience and it will be elevated in the same way that somebody who just had an injury is has it elevated so amazing that our body responds that way right that this that our immune systems are set that they emotional trauma is the same experience to our immune system our immune systems still see there's something going on and it sets off, you know, this this set of cascade of events that lead to, if not treated appropriately, which is why, you know, if you look at all these people going through trauma, if we can actually treat these, you know, traumatic events more acutely, you know, I think we get a lot of those people get ignored, right? You know, yeah. like, you know a traumatic event, and people are like you're fine, brush it off, move on, and then I, you know, you see the results of them, I see the results of them, yeah. even in pain, you know, back pain, for instance. You can go back and track back pain lots of times back. And that's, you know, when you talk about John Sarno. Mm-hmm. And so funny, whenever I mentioned John Sarno's book, because nor would I, I would never say to anybody, this is all in your head. But when I recommend his book, lots of times that's the premise people think is this is all in your head. And I'm like, no, that's not at all what I'm trying to say. It's even it's so. Your even- brain is so powerful. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. No, exactly. But even in your head, it's, it was used as an insult, but it's actually so important. Right. It is, You're right. 
people disregarded mind. Mind without mind, you dead. So mind is your is is that energetic force that's keeping you alive. So you know, you and I couldn't have this conversation without our mind. We just our mind is using our brain and our body. So it's logical that we actually should say yes. It's it's starting in our head because we're processing these experiences through our mind into our brain and our body. So there should be this mind brain body psycho neurobiological link, which is what you're talking about. Right. And to be able to have a very baseline support system in terms of dealing with something on the cellular level and, and, as, and a substance that is, is so naturally occurring in our body and accelerating that in a very specific way like you do in your practice as a, an extra very vital tool in the toolbox. And if you think of a toolbox, if you had to ask someone who's got a toolbox, what are the most vital things that you need that you have to have as a baseline or first aid kit? So spermidine from how I'm understanding it is fulfilling a lot of that kind of function. Yeah. yeah. I think that's that's the key is look for look in your supplement list. Look for those supplements that we know are working on the cell. So you know your B vitamins are going to fall into that category, right? I, you know I, I put in, in things like acetyl L carnitine, lecithins. Those are all I, I I always think okay I need something for my cell membrane. So lecithins or newer. I don't know how familiar readers are with or your listeners are with them. Um, plasmalogens. Plasmalogens are much newer, but they're a little lipid that coats our cells as well that probably become depleted as we age or with, with traumas and diseases. Yeah. So, you know, so I include a lot of, you know, a lot of thinking of the cell, okay, I have to fix the cell membrane. So I'm going to deal with my lecithins, my, in my plasmalogens, I have to fix the mitochondria. I'm going to do it with spermidine, some other cofactors, coenzyme Q10 may be helpful there. There's other cofactors there. You need your vitamin Ds, you need your B vitamins. So, so when I think of the supplements I put people on, the micronutrients, number one, we do a lot of measuring micronutrients so we can tell what people need, but but those basics that work on the cell are the things you want to focus to. Mm. If somebody says, oh, this is good for your liver, you might want to figure out, well, why is it good for my liver? And is it is it simply my liver that's going to help or is it going to help a whole bunch of other things? Like N-acetylcysteine, super good for a lot of processes, right? It's a key ingredient for detoxification processes. So that's when I put into kind of a category of, of you know, things that everybody needs. But again, it's going back to understanding these biochemical pathways. And I think that most doctors don't do that. It's, you know, it's, it, it, they're, they're working at a much higher level. So, I, so I'm going to say, you know, could I just take spermidine? And that would be the only thing I ever took. No, you've got to have your B vitamins along with it. You've got to make sure you have enough vitamin D. You need your micro, you know, micronutrients. You know, make sure you have adequate of a lot of those things. But if I were to add on one supplement that was beyond those sort of basics, this would be there because it, is working. We know on these processes that are going to, you know, delay. And the studies, you know, now there's studies on it for, you know, immune health. There's studies on it for hair growth. I mean, make sure hair grow. You know, that's always we're losing hair during COVID. Well, that's all part of the same process. So yeah. actually, can see improvement in hair growth with spermidine. I, you know, like I said, encourage you guys to go out there and Google spermidine and blah because you'll find it almost, you know, everything. It helps support healthy weight. So it actually gets rid of white adipose, the bad fat bone density. I put if, if I do a stem cell procedure on my patients, I always put them on spermidine afterwards because it enhances sperm, stem cell production. So you know, again, it, looking at one thing that you can do a whole lot with, this is a product that can do that. Mm. I just want to under- emphasize something that you said, and please correct me if I'm saying it wrong. The concept that you're talking about here is not looking at a reductionistic approach to one, or it's almost like re- reducing down to like just the liver or just the heart. We don't function like that. It's like the, the mistake that's been made with the brain. It's right. like, it's this, it's all, it's the, that 
chemical. Nothing works in isolation in the human brain and body. Everything works in concert, and it's a huge symphony. That's where the biochemistry yeah. comes in, and that's where medicine should be working from the biochemistry up, not from right. the outside to the and stopping at the, at the organ. And if you're lucky, the system. But it's, you know, it, it should right. be right down to the biochemistry. I cannot agree with you more. So I just wanted to to sort of see to emphasize that, and, I, and that's why I love the approach that you are using. Yeah, and it's funny because we don't we don't think that way, right? People sort of think, okay, you're you're working on the brain. That's you know that that's the brain, and fix. I, I have to fix my brain. I fix my brain. I fix my brain. Well, like all those things you you teach, you know, from your app and all those things. Well, the 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 key is what are you actually doing that's changing the brain? Why are those thought processes changing the brain? It's because you're changing yourself. So is that now going to affect your your fact that maybe your liver enzymes just got better and it would be interesting to look, right? Can you actually simply do those types of things and improve that? We do know you can improve pain, right? Simply by thought processes. Exactly. Even if somebody's a very valid, I have people come in who have, you know, every disc in their back is worn out and you have them go through processes to change their behavioral thoughts and their back pain improves. Why is that? Every disc is still worn out. What have I done? I've actually, it's not just, you know, my, it's not just that, that I can think myself well in the sense, but I can actually change my cell. I can change the way my cell is functioning by the way I'm thinking, you know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So then it gets, well, why don't I just do that? Well, probably because we get to a state where we don't have enough that even, you know, I need to put all that together. I need the basics too. I need the micronutrients. I need spermidine to help my mitochondrial function better to get rid of autophagy. And I need the thought processes and I need all those things. You need it all together. Yeah. You need it all together, right? <laughs> Nothing works, you know, independently. Isolation. The problem is that we, you know, people don't work that way, right? And so I, I guess, you know, like you, you, like how often do I refer people for, you know, like to 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 all the things you've written when they have a knee injury, you know? That you, no, it's not that, that connection. <laughs> I love that you said that. That connection's not made that often. It's only when right. people, oh, I'm depressed or, oh, I've gone, then, then suddenly they bring in the mental health. But that knee injury, there is always going to be a mind component. You know, yeah. so if you stop talking about mental illness and we start talking about mental health and mind management, we shift the perspective. And that's what I would do with a lot of physicians is talk in the way we're talking now is let's shift our perspective from instead of looking at the individual as only when they're mentally ill per se and they're coming with extreme states, when they have a sore knee, what else is going on? Right. What else is going on? And that's what I try and teach people too. I go, this is not, there's a lot of people who have horrible looking knees and they have no pain. It's an inflammatory process. That same inflammatory process is causing dysfunction in your brain. It's why, exactly. it's why when you, we take them with a chronic disease, they are almost always depressed. And people are like, well, of course they're depressed. They have a chronic disease. Mm-hmm. It might not be that. It might be simply that there's this inflammatory reaction that the brain is responding to, and I need to change that inflammatory reaction by my thought process, by my supplementation, things like that, right? And also finding the cause behind that, because it could be that the the whole reason that people, you know, the cause is not necessarily in the brain if it is right. uh, if it's depression. It's the the cause is is in the life experience. The system, right. You have to right. look at the environment. And I don't know if you find this, Dr. Ewers, but people, like you tell someone about something like spermidine or the approach that you're using, which is phenomenal, by the way. I mean, just love what you're talking about with everything, the whole holistic approach that you're using right from a cellular level. But people then are quite good at taking stuff because I can take the external and put it in. Yeah. But 
quite the same in, and I've got to do the mind stuff. You've got to do that work as well. And you've got to have the two together because if you're sorting out the body and you're sorting out this from the cellular level up, if you don't manage the mind, the mind is breaking down as quickly as what you're building up. So now you've got this, you've got a conflicting process happening. You're going to have a dissonance happening unless you work with mind and body at the same time. Right. It has to be together. I, you know, I, I, one of the questions I ask one of my people who have, who have really just chronic pain and chronic bad diseases and is can you actually picture yourself being healthy? And if that answer is no, you know, that's a big problem, right? If I can throw spermidine into the mix, I can throw every supplement into the mix that should make them better. If their answer is still no, I can't see myself healthy, probably I'm not going to make headway. It's why, you know, people are like, oh, that didn't work for me. You know, there's there's a two pieces have to be put together. I can't fix everything with my supplements. You can't fix everything with just the brain piece too, or with the mind thought processing. They have to kind of go together. But 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 that's not melding much in in anybody's fields, right? How often do we you and I work together? If I have somebody who has you know who has horrible pain in their knees or you know neuropathic pain after COVID or things like that, you know, so often and 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 you know it's you and I and welcome your education to be on this is it's sometimes very hard to get people to understand i'm not saying at all that this is something you know that you don't have pathology but i'm saying that, that you've got to work with fixing how you're thinking about it, how you're approaching this if you're going to get well right yeah oh totally absolutely with because your your expectation it's basically a mindset so it's it's a perception it's a mindset it's an attitude that is is energetic force like the easiest way to understand the way I would talk around this concept is if you think of the fact that you and I are not floating, we're both sitting, and that's because of gravity. We can't see gravity, but we know it exists because we're not floating. Same thing with mind. You can't see mind, but the, the, we know it exists because you and I are able to have a conversation and people are listening to us. If we were dead, we wouldn't be able to do this. So you see mind in that way. If you, if therefore your mind is driving the functionality of your brain and your body. So if you are constantly saying, I can't do this, that mind, that gravitational biofield is very real it's sending that energetic uh, quantum energy by changing your biochemistry it's changing you totally right down to the biochemistry right, of right so, down the cell level right right down to the cell level there's the whole the wiring in the brain right down to every 80 what 37 mm-hmm. 100 trillion cells however many it is it's a lot all of that is changing and so a negative expectation is set up that is biologically programmed by the mind and then it's going to downgrade the functionality so therefore you could put all the sperm in that you want and there will be a level of up, up regulation of autophagy and whatever else is, is it's going to do but it's but going can, to get whacked yeah. down again it's like it's you know those toys that bounce right. up, whack it down you bounce sort of, I, I sort of similar to I, I think think about this like a viral infection well there's you know if the virus is still there if i haven't gotten rid of the virus then i can keep throwing that you know agents in to make the person better but they're still fighting the virus exactly. if the brain is still sending these messages that i'm in an inflamed state exactly I, i'm all i'm doing is you know it's i'm the front line of the fire trying to keep it from burning farther but it's never getting to the root of the fire i'm not putting the fire out right exactly. so that's where you have to sort of you know you have to look at that piece as that's that's that that's the final piece if i want to get to the back line of the fire because what i'm doing with with every supplement i can throw into the book may just be keeping the fire from approaching my house but it's you know so i don't so i don't kill myself but it's it's not treating the underlying problem which is still that my brain is keeping my body in this inflammatory state 
So I think that the two actors have to do works, you know, so in concert with each other. They have to do, and and, this, and and we have to choose from the overwhelm of all the different things that we can do. We have to choose from the best type of thing. And this is why I do interviews with people like yourself, because I'm trying to find the best things right, to what are the, the mental health toolkit. Yeah. yeah. And I do think that's, a, that for me, it's the simplest way of looking at things. When I when I read about a supplement, when I read about, you know, all these things, I go back to, so, okay, one, how would the cell do this if it was a young, healthy, perfect little baby cell, right? I've just been born. Nobody's traumatized me yet. Well, maybe not. Probably you're, you still got all that epigenetic trauma. Yeah, yeah. In an ideal world. In an ideal world. In an ideal world, I have this perfect little cell. You know, how, so what can I do to try and get myself back to perfection? That's why I look at things that are working that way. That's, you know, so, so when you throw an antidepressant in the book, is it actually fixing the cell the way the cell would fix itself? No. Is spermity fixing itself in terms of autophagy process, in terms of, you know, uh, of how the cell would fix itself? Yes. That's what my body does to try and heal these events. So it's, it, it tries to respond by increasing autophagy. So I can do that. I mean, fasting does work. Fasting does help. The problem is, you know, fasting is hard. It can be kind of traumatic for some people. It take some of those, for instance, an eating disorder, right? And now I tell them to fast. Horrible thing to tell them to do, right? Uh, terrible. You know? Terrible. But it's permitting a nice option there. Like I would never would I take somebody with an eating disorder or a history of eating disorder and tell them to start fasting, right? As an autophagy tool. But here's a nice autophagy tool that I can offer them. That again, it's a food. You know, it's a food. You know, so it's it's pretty hard to go wrong with a food. You know, I get, I do get, it is made from a wheat germ extract, but interestingly, it actually is pretty safe for celiacs. I've, I've lots of celiac patients on this. Number one, it's a very, very small amount of wheat germ. Number two, burning itself actually has been explored as a treatment for people with celiac because it actually wow. lowers one of the, pro, the, the abnormal processes that's going on in the gluten becoming inflammatory to these people. So it is non-inflammatory way of, of sort of still getting a small amount of gluten except it's in a non-inflammatory approach so it's actually spermidine and putrescine some of its cousins have all been you know looked at for that i will caution when you look at spermidine there's more and more spermidine coming to the market one of the things much like like cbds you know and, and is that you kind of want a full spectrum instead of isolating down little pieces so one of the cool things about spermidine life which comes from long labs that I like is it is actually a full spectrum. So it actually doesn't just contain spermidine. It contains other polyamines together because that's where our body really wants it. It wants it with this full spectrum. So it's a much safer, better as opposed to isolating things out. Because, you know, like, and, and again, it, when I talk, when, when, you know, you have a lot of people doing hemp's and things like that, full spectrum hemp may be better for some people than isolating out little pieces. So, so that's one of the interesting, you know, compounds. It's actually a combination of four different polyamines. So it has like spermidine and putrescine and cadaverine and spermine, all those together. So we, we, we sort of hang our hat on spermidine, but you really want that full spectrum because that's how your body actually, if you, if you just throw one thing into a mix, lots of times it, it, it'll start overloading that piece. So I want to pull the, pull the full spectrum in because that's the way our body would get it from a food source. Trying to find good quality meat and seafood at the grocery store can be a challenge. Before you know it, you have driven to three different places and wasted a good couple of hours trying to find the perfect cut for dinner. This is why I love ButcherBox. They take the guesswork out of finding high quality meat and seafood with a 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free and wild-caught seafood products. All humanely raised or caught with no antibiotics or added hormones. 
With ButcherBox, you can get just what you want delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping for the continent of US and no surprise fees. Plus, you can choose from a variety of box plan options from curated to customized and change your plan whenever you want. As the weather gets cooler, my husband and I are enjoying making a range of different curries, soups and stews and ButcherBox has made our lives so much easier. Our current favorite is an Ethiopian-inspired curry using ButcherBox's incredibly delicious chicken thighs, which we've already made five times this month. And with the holiday season fast approaching, ButcherBox has what you need. The main course for Thanksgiving dinner can sometimes be a main source of stress, but not anymore. ButcherBox is offering our listeners free turkey with their first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com forward slash Dr. Leaf and use the code Dr. Leaf to get one 10 to 14 pound turkey free in your first box. That's butcherbox.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. Just use the code Dr. Leaf to claim this deal. The link and details will be in the show notes. Love that. That's so important. So you've said too, you've said so many, so many important things, but I just want to stress with my listeners and viewers there that you, you want to always go with a holistic in a holistic sense. So you don't want to just have, because you, you, I, I know in some of your podcasts and things, you, you, you comment there, just be careful of like getting it on Amazon. You want to have the full spectrum. So find out about the, so that's the one thing you've got to have the four different polyamines in the, in the, in the spectrum. And that's what Spermidine Life is offering. And then you said something else that was really interesting as well is that our body wants what's natural for us and then it can work with that. So if you put too many external things that our body has to still learn how to deal with, you don't get quite the same benefit. So something like a, right. and depressants not fixing a disease it's just psychoactive it's just changing a brain state and suppressing emotions but it's actually changing the brain in the long term in the in a negative sense whereas spermidine is in the body right it's it's fixing the cell the way your body wants to fix it and that's what you got you really have to look for in every something you look at go back to what is that doing to my cell there's a lot of supplements that are doing nothing at a cellular level not to say they're not useful but they're probably not they're not going to be as beneficial you know, and and then there's a lot of things that actually can't even get into the cell that that people take. That, you know, so you know, so and yet people are like, oh, well, this is really great for the cell, and you look at the molecule, it can't even actually get to the cell. Yeah, you know, so so I think those are important things to keep in mind. Is you know, you want to look for things that that, and and this is hard because unless you understand the cell, you understand biochemistry, and it's where you know working with a professional and there's not a lot of doctors who are specialized in cellular medicine. We're actually, you know, I'm on, I'm on faculty for something called seed scientific research and performance. And we're trying to actually get fellowship trained physicians in cellular medicine. But so it's such a hard thing to learn and doctors, I don't know if you're experienced, but doctors kind of want in general, Oh, here's my disease. Here's my pill. Boom. And just go back and say, we need you actually to learn six different pathways of the cell. And then we're going to look at what can we do to change these pathways a lot of doctors lose interest pretty quickly. So you can find the right providers who are actually willing to actually understand and learn and, you know, and, and watch for, for new things that are available. I'm so glad you brought that up because it's the same sort of thing in mental health. If you think of the rotation, I mean, you've done medicine, you, the rotation is what one or two or three weeks, maybe four weeks maximum. And the rotation is around, this is a disease and this is the drug. And that's not even what mental health is. It's not, that's not even scientific. It was out of, it was 56 years ago. It was already shown that that's not the right approach, but that's what doctors are getting. So if we could come in at, in the ideal world, have you coming in and teaching, you know, you and your teams getting cellular medicine trained in their first year or second year as a right. med so, student and mental health as well, you know, bring the two together, train this cellular approach with a correct mental health approach. We would have such different outcomes. With well, and if we could, if the first person, when somebody is 
you know, has a traumatic experience. I mean, you know, if you could convince people that they need to be seeing you right away, or you know, one of your one of your your you know, people who've trained under you, yeah. okay, it's, it's it's what I tell with an injury. If if you hurt your knee, your first inclination is to go to your orthopedic surgeon. Your orthopedic surgeon sticks steroids in it, and and that worsens the problem. Just like that person that you know that young girl came into her psychiatrist and he goes, well, let's throw on a little Prozac that'll help her, right? Instead of dealing with what what took that 13 year old girl right then into the state of depression, which was some traumatic event, right, or something. Who was that? that that unless you treat it acutely, you know it's going to go on and create pathology. Exactly. But you don't get to see them acutely. I don't get to see that that knee patient with the torn cartilage goes to the orthopedic surgeon and ends up with a knee replacement. If I could intervene early, if you could intervene early, we yeah. avoid these diseases. You know, so I would seem say even like if you have somebody, you know, and and again, this is in the mouse studies pans out. If you take spermidine and somebody these mice were under stressful situation, they actually have better outcome. Same thing's true when I have a joint injury patient. I put them on spermidine acutely because it's going to block this inflammatory process so that I don't go on and have abnormal autophagy. Hence, my cartilage cells don't die in you, neurons dying. So, you know, I think that one of the things we need to teach people too is that acute events need to be addressed, not just, you know, wait until four years later when now you, there's a lot. Now, now, now you got to deal with the hoarder house, right? We'd rather deal with it when there's just a little trash and not the hoarder house. You know, but how do we get that message out there that you know the first thing is not run to your psychiatrist and get your antidepressant, but actually start dealing with somebody who'll teach you how do I change my brain right right now before those patterns get set in. Yeah, change my mind. I love that so much. You know, we I studied at UCT at the time of Dr. Chris Barnard around that time. And we, we, we were trained in this, this holistic approach. We worked with the med students. We were, it was a, always a team. So if someone came in with some acute, acute issue, all, automatically all of us on the team, there were like 10 of us on the team that would then look at this holistically, but that's expensive and that takes time. And that's, you know, whereas now it's just, you know, pop a pull and. Right. And, and I argue that's getting worse, right? Because oh, now it's you have to see people faster. You have to, you know, move exactly. people through more quickly. Which so is, there is no space. It's much easier to say, well, here's a pill, get out of my office. You know, and then you, and now 10 years later, what are you dealing with? You know? Yeah, exactly. Down the line, it's the, the, the medication, you know, the, the expenses are way worse. So, it, and right. the implications in, in relationships work. I mean, we know, you and I both know what we talk. And people do, people that listen to this podcast, they know this as well. That's why people are desperate for change. So it takes, that's why you and I do what we're doing, which is talking about these things and from a grassroots level, educating the, the individual to take more, to take more charge of their health, which right. is more and more, and ask the questions. Don't be scared to challenge and say, "Hey, you know, what about this? What about that?" And it's really good that we can help people to do that. Yeah, yeah. So you know, kudos to you for getting that message out there and keep spreading it. And I think people need to start looking at every one of these diseases as the same same process is going on that we get this dysfunction at a cell level and we need to intervene at a cell level because that's going to help everything from going that'll help you know whatever this traumatic event that this person experienced that started out now with some some mind some mind dysfunction that now has led to now i have chronic horrible back pain you know and they come and see me with their chronic horrible back pain and i'm trying to now un- unwind all the way back to the basics all the way back and that's it's just such a difficult thing to do and the volcanoes now exploded in their life right. <laughs> it's, it's not easy and this is not good medicine this is not good mental health it's not 
it's not helping. And we can see it. We can see with the studies where people are dying younger, they're getting sicker, their deaths of despair. The evidence is there that the way we're practicing is not working. So we have to address this. So thank you to you for what you are doing. And I was just as you're talking, I'm thinking you and I need to do some research. We need to put some the mind stuff together. We need to put the yeah. all these different elements, the cellular, this holistic model and and you know, do some hands-on research and Kind yeah, of I was thinking that as you were ta- as you were talking too, because we're actually we're doing a lot with what with with a company that's doing pro- what's called proteomics, measuring proteins. Can we look at that that connection? Like the you know, after patients have, for instance, done people have done your program before and after, can you actually look at proteomic t- signature changes that have occurred to really show people? Listen, that same protein that was very high level, that was a bad protein, and then you do this program where you, all you do is change your mindset. <laughs> Exactly. And now that protein is reduced and that's now affecting every other piece of your health, right? Exactly, which would be incredible to show me yeah. that on a show that, that that realistic data that here's actually a protein. Nobody can fake that. This is a protein that someone has the capacity to do that. You know, this is, exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's how we what we showed was this research changes in telomeres, percentile length in nine weeks. I mean, it was amazing and showing, you know, the basics, homocysteine and cortisol and DHA right. ratio, but also looking at QEGs, we saw significant links between the changes in the neurophysiology and the mind management and the person's narrative back in life so it's not just about symptom reduction it's about how you're coping back in your work relationships you know the, right everything the, that makes life. you exactly so then a functional that, human being and a happy human being exactly we we were seeing yeah. lots of people getting anxiety and depression under control of up to 81 percent and massive changes in nine weeks period so i definitely i think you and i need to have an off-air conversation and do some research and i just want to thank you for your time and your wisdom and your work and for opening a whole new world to people of medicine a different way of looking at at, at preventative health care you know, that is just so, and then when people are in an acute stage, you can you can address it from that end too, but how we can also be educated to understand there's some basic processes, cellular processes that we can do something about in a very holistic way. So thank you so much for all of, all the things that you're doing. It's quite amazing. Right, yeah. And I think that for me, life is offering a special, I think, for for. Your yes, there is. There is yeah, so. a whole special which I'm going to put in this. There's, there's a very generous 25% discount on your first order using That's the huge. Elite 25. It's huge. So we'll be putting that in the uh, in the show notes. Yeah. The introduction. Yeah, you guys. Honestly, I mean, and any of you who are dealing with some, you know, some chronic illnesses or things, I kind of encourage you to to you know, you can do a higher dose through this kind of the pro version for at least a month. Just kind of again clean out half. It'll get you a long way. I think the hard thing about some of these supplements that are working on a cellular level, it's not like you instantly feel better. You know, it's not like, oh, wow, I, I just, you know, I, I, you know, like somebody took a painkiller and their pain's gone, but it didn't actually treat the problem. You, When you're trying to fix things at a cellular level, be patient, be understanding that it's not going to be this all of a sudden I'm better. But we know, we, we follow markers on people. We know this stuff works. We, you know, we see everything from improvements in lipid functions to improvements in, in inflammatory markers. You know, so we know that they're working. Even sometimes it takes a while for you guys to catch up and sort of feel it doing anything. I think it's one, one, one of the hard things, right? Sometimes people, you know, I'm sure you too, you've got to encourage them. Sometimes you don't instantly feel better. You just got to stick with this plan because we know it's the right plan. Exactly. Well, that's exactly what some of the research I've done is looking at these time plans because I saw it with my patients and it's nine week cycles minimum. You're not going to get anything. People always think, oh, three weeks is the magic. Right. Yeah, I'll be right. I'll be better. Yeah, yeah, I talk about 12 weeks. I talk about, you know, nine, months, Yeah, nine to you know. 12 weeks and right. then you start seeing something and then there's multiple right. cycles. So and then I, it increases from there, right. Exactly. But yeah, people really do. We're, we're sort of an instant gratification society. And if somebody's like, I'm not better after a week, I'm like, well, that didn't work. 
I know people, people will say to me, like, you know, because I say, listen, it's minimum cycles of 63, 66 days to start really having some kind of changes in, in your behaviors and so on, because you've got to rewire mind, brain, body connection and change things at the cellular level. This is hard work. And people say, oh, don't you have five quick tips to just yeah. give, <laughs> no, you know? give me the quick version. Exactly. And you're going to probably get worse before you get better, which is the right. right. That, exactly. You're exposing a lot of things that, yeah, and that. You know, that happens sometimes when you have these autophagy processes even is that there's a little bit of cell die off that sometimes people feel like they feel a little worse before they start getting I wanted back. to ask you about that. So that is something and I wanted to just, so I'm so glad we brought that up as well. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Hughes. I think we just started one of many discussions and it's been absolutely fascinating and I've loved, loved talking to you. So thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Leaf. Keep up the good work. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.